This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. First senior England call-up. What's uh, going through your mind right now? I don't really know. I thought, it was a bit, I thought it was a prank when I first found out. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Brilliantly there as Archer. The cross comes in towards Al Ghazi. Competing for the ball is Lansbury with the back heel. Grealish drives it home. Six for Villa at Crewe. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for what is, it's the monthly Madfew session of uh, questions and hopefully uh, some decent answers. First off, somebody who, uh, we have something in common, something uh, in common that not many people share. We both have the same grade in A-level business. Villa on Tours, Max Stokes, welcome. Hello. Or should I say, from Yeovil to Crewe via the Wembley Loo. Oh, I, saw that I like so that's it. Fantastic. <laughs> that's very good. It was it was poetry in one tweet. It was it was beautiful. <laughs> and also joining me, what what's our thing in common, Mister Chris Bud? Fuck knows. Oh come on, you got to do better than that. Cynicism. Must, be, must no, there must be something. Cricket. <laughs> A love of Aston Villa, surely. Right on the show, we'll, we are going to uh, we'll skip through uh, the things that uh, have happened since episode eighty-three, uh, which is notably uh, Mister Tyrone Ming's England call-up, and also uh, the Crew game, which we will uh, quickly recap on before going on to the uh, listener questions. So, uh, shall we start off with uh, England? Let's. England. Let's let's do the Tyrone Mings thing first. Uh, I think Craig Whitehouse says, "What's what are your thoughts on any players involved for England?" It's obviously, there's two. To, uh, Tyrone Mings and Tom Heaton and most of the other questions from Rahul Meta, Dylan Thomas, any Villa K2 on Instagram, Elliot Winding are all about uh, Jack Grealish. How far is Jack off from an uh, England call-up? Was R- Southgate right not to give Jack an England call-up? And also, uh, how can Oxley, Chamberlain, Winks and Lingard get in uh, above Grealish? And Danbury AV asks, will Tyrone's call-up give Grealish the kick up the ass that he deserves to really get going? We'll basically answer all those in our uh, upcoming waffle on the situation. Uh, on Friday night against Everton, uh, myself and a few other villains who have websites and other more dubious villains were uh, invited by uh, WA8 to, uh, you know, like hospitality for the game uh, of Everton. And so we were sitting there and we saw Southgate going in and out to where Perslow was eating. Anyway, fast forward after the game, while we're having a few beers after, uh, Mings walks through as well. So uh, when uh, the England squad call-up came up, I thought, I wonder if he's had a word with Southgate then, like post-match because he was the only player to come through there and, and you know it is it's not as if it's close to the dressing room so you know obviously he could come up there to meet family or whatever everywhere I you know when I was at Wembley I, I just saw Mings everywhere he just appeared everywhere 
So he's obviously a bit of a gregarious guy. But anyway, Max, was was it a surprise that he was in the squad? Um, No, I don't think so. I think I've talked about it when I've been discussing it on my channel. I think there's a a large shortage of left-sided centre-backs for England. The only other ones in the squad at the moment are Maguire, Keane and Joe Gomez, and they're all right-footed. So I think... That we played three at the back in the World Cup, England, but I think Southgate's gone back to four, so you need a left-sided uh, centre-back. And I think yeah. Mings is probably the best one that we've got, and I think it wasn't a massive surprise that he was called up. Obviously, Southgate being there on Friday, seeing how good he was against Everton, I think he deserves it. No, I'm not too surprised. Hopefully, he can get a few minutes. Yeah, because from my point of view, it's, it's not a Villa tinted glasses. Uh, anybody who went and watched the first three games, and we're talking about Spurs, Bournemouth, Everton, you'd have thought this is a player. And anytime I've spoken to, a, like a, let's say, a proper football fan, now Wings is in the England squad. You get all these idiots on Twitter who don't really know him, you know, slagging him off, blah, 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 saying, oh, this is, you know, England have really, you know, reached the pits now, et cetera, et cetera. But anybody like proper football fans, they've gone, who's that centre back? He's, he's a, you know, he's a real player. Chris, what do you see it as a? It was like basically a, a no-brainer, really. I'd say so. You, there aren't too many English centre backs who are fantastic athletes, can defend, and the fact that they can play with the ball. So, he, in terms of what Southgate appears to be after for his model, for the kind of way he wants to play, Ming, Ming's kind of fits the mould. I would say better than Maguire personally in terms of his ball playing ability. Yeah, um, you know, Maguire is a very good defender, very kind of old-fashioned player. I think Mings is much more, you know, the way Southgate wants to play. I think he'll he will feature. Yeah, because it, I mean, it dates back to Bobby Robson when he was the England manager. There was this period where England, let's, I mean, if you want to pick one centre back that used to be the prescribed model of England centre back, it was Terry Butcher, basically head on the ball, boot it. But then Bobby Robson, he obviously you know, managed at Barcelona. He was the guy that brought in Des Walker and then Mark Wright. And, you know, suddenly England were playing with centre-backs that could actually play the ball a bit more like, you know, the Italian model. And this is something that obviously uh, has carried on since. And Southgate was a model of that as well. He was a ball-playing centre-back in his time uh, for Villa and England. But yeah, I mean, I think we hopefully Villa will get to the stage. I mean, unfortunately, we've got a Belgium on the other side, but we've got a few other English uh, boys that uh, they're all been bought because they, they you know they can play with the ball at the feet I mean just switch I mean Tom Heaton that's a given I mean Butland's just had a mare he, he was dropped at the weekend uh, for Stoke he's just imploded hasn't he since the start of the season every week he, at the moment there's a I'm getting a message from someone showing me a gaff or a ridiculous piece of goalkeeping from him I don't know what's gone on there he just has the look of a man who didn't want to didn't want to be there. His head's gone, I think, hasn't it? Yeah, I think he, so. He wanted, he wanted the move. It just hasn't happened. Um, and he's making mistakes all over the shop, even in the League Cup midweek. That was a shocker again. Yeah, I think Southgate uh, had a word with him, probably told him, uh, you Chris over, mate. <laughs> but I think he told him, like, I think you've got to press the reset button and uh, go again. I didn't see uh, Pickford getting close to that Lincoln City uh, second goal. So uh, What a Eastern, strike that was. What a strike. Up the imps pick that out yeah it'd be interesting to see if Mings uh, gets some minutes or if it would be like one of those where they bring him in the squad first just so they get a feel for it yeah, and then integrate uh, him as it were I mean obviously a lot of praise for Mings nobody's mentioned Tom Heaton I mean but he'd been there if he was still at uh, Burnley but the main question as I've just mentioned a few p- people have asked is is Southgate wrong not to give uh, Jack an England call up and how far is he off an England call up well I, I don't think he's ready yet because we've been no. discussing in the last few podcasts about you know potentially dropping him here and there if you've got to take him off in a in game i think to england like mings you watch mings and you go whoa like is there anybody better than that in this league i haven't seen you know anybody performing like that but Grealish, you know there's people who have, have done it and those people that have mentioned by uh finley uh B0, Ox, you know, Winks, Chamberlain and uh, Lingard. I mean, not my favourite players, but they've done stuff already, you know, at the top level, not consistently, but they've done it enough to, you can see why they're there-ish. But I think Grealish has to really uh, nail his colours to the mast in terms of proving people, because at the moment it's it's more hype, I think, than substance. It's a very competitive position on the field and he's playing for, really there's, you know, Mason Mount, Madison, him... Ross Barkley, all playing for one position, really. Yeah. Of which I think on his day, Ross Barkley is the premier player of those four 
as things stand. You know, Grealish, I think he's going to... I think he will realistically get a call-up this season, but I think Southgate will have probably told him, I need to see more from you. I know you can do yeah. it, but you know, obviously, I think was it Middlesbrough he came to last year, and it was probably the one game in the 10-game run where Grealish had a quieter game. And then I think he, he obviously was there against uh, Everton, and I think he would have seen him against Spurs as well. So he hasn't... Yeah. When Southgate's actually seen him in person, he probably hasn't had the dominant performances that the fans have seen. Yeah, I mean, if if you watch those the first three Villa games in the Premier League as a neutral, you'd probably go, oh, who's that McGinn chap? Uh, you probably wouldn't have singled out Grealish uh, at the moment anyway. No, and even England-wise, you know, even Heaton has stood out for making, you know, standout saves and having those kind of wow moments that capture your attention. Yeah. I mean, Max, do you think Grealish is going to be basically under the microscope for a longer period, like, you know, 10, 15 games in the Premier League before Southgate uh, even considers introducing him? Yeah, possibly. And I think that's fair enough. I think, to be fair, it might just be a matter of time. I think there's there's not too many players in the style of Jack Grealish. You look at, you know, Mount, Madison, these sorts of names. They're not the same sorts of players as Jack Grealish. But like we've said, I think he struggled against Tottenham and shout the game a little bit. Everton, he was better, but... He, he struggled to adapt, but to be fair, I think it's a matter yeah. of time. He'll he'll get used to the physicality again because he's played in the Premier League before. He'll get used to it again. I think it is a matter of time. Hopefully, we'll see it this season. I'm not sure whether we've got any friendlies coming up. Maybe next year, I'm not sure, but hopefully this season, I think it will happen. Yeah, I think um, it's just an unfortunate timing in terms of there's only three games before the first England squad of the you know the season was announced. I mean, if it was after ten games, then Southgate would have a more realistic foundation to actually base his decision on. I think, you know, because it's competitive, Southgate's view will be, well, yes, he's a very good player, but is he actually better than what I've got right now? Yeah. Not necessarily. As uh, Danbury AV on Instagram said, uh, will Tyrone's call-up give Grealish the kick he deserves to get going? I think that's uh, probably the most important thing to take out the situation. I think uh, Tyrone's call-up will uh, make Grealish try that extra 10%, I think. He'll certainly have that little bit of damaged ego, won't he? I think going into the training ground, knowing that Mings is, you know, after Crystal Palace, Ming, you know, Grealish will be back to Bodymore Heath and Mings will be off with England. I think that will kind of hurt him a little bit. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you'll obviously wish uh, Mings all the best, but I'm uh, sure. But deep down, he, he, he can see how close, is it, close it is and he'll see Mings's commitment. And uh, I think it will hopefully, uh, he will react well to it and spur it on. I think unlike under a lot of previous managers, what Grealish will take some some joy from is that he knows that if he's playing well, he will get the call-up. It won't be one of these like when Gareth Barry, it took him you know a year of being consistently the main man yeah. and still couldn't get a call-up. You know, If he has a, a run of games where he plays reasonably well, he will get his chance. Yeah, but I think he's, he's instead of playing reasonably well, he's he's got to start to play, and uh, you know, and it's the it's a bit of a numbers game. You know, he needs to start impacting games in terms of goals and assists and you know, these yeah. quantifiable things rather than just influencing games in a more subtle way. You know, he needs yeah. to have that bit of wow factor. No, exactly. He's he's got to grab a few headlines. Uh, anyway, moving on, uh, and these are all players that didn't feature in the crew game because Dean Smith made ten changes in a game where, unlike previous seasons against lower opposition in the cups we seriously took care of business and although a lot of people uh you know you look at the score 6-1 but crew were in that game up until the goals started flying in and you know they had a goal disallowed they they had a bit of domination uh, in the early stages they were very much alive what, what would you say max first half an hour or so um i'd probably say the first half an hour was pretty even if not crew nicked it um yeah. they they had a good right winger. I think his name was Dale. He looked tricky. He was giving target problems. But yeah, I said during the game, yeah, he reminded me a little bit of a Dharma Choi. Right? You know, he could beat him, but I think the end product wasn't there. But that that's League 2 for you. No, I think they had it. They've had a few opportunities. I think Jed Steer made a good save uh, from a corner. But how they didn't score? Jed who? Jed Steer. Who's that? Ah, the forgotten man. <laughs> no, it was a good save, to be fair, that one. Hashtag free Steer. Hashtag break, the ball for Steer. The game. He the ball at Ginger Jamie. He's got a massive Good. red mark on his chest. Good, well played, Steer. They should start yeah. Steer from now on. Steer, steer <laughs> for England. Yeah, after yeah. that, England's number one for sure. No, but in all seriousness, I think they they probably deserved more than the one goal they got throughout the game and definitely in the first half. Yeah, I mean, if I think if they had scored in the first half, it would have potentially changed the complexion of the game. If just, you know, obviously when they scored, it was a game set and match. Uh, what did you think? Target, I mean, there's a few questions about Target and how he uh, fits into it. But unfortunately, uh, you know, Target only lasted 43 minutes before uh, I think he got a hammy, didn't he? He's out for uh, 
Yeah, a couple of weeks probably. A couple of weeks tops, I would say. Uh, what, what did you think of Target? I think defensively, Taylor is probably the more solid option because he's he's got the games under his belt. But you could you could sort of see in glimpses what Target can offer going forward. There's potential there. He's just another one of these players that is going to need games. And at the moment, would you necessarily play him over Taylor? I don't think you would. Well, he's injured now, yeah. but. Uh... But, would, but you would, know, if it's a straight if it's a straight up shootout between the two, I think you'd probably go with the more solid option at the moment. At the moment, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt going forward that Target's the better the better player. But he, even like I said, he, he was getting caused problems by uh, their right winger. Um, yeah. But what, D- I, I, I was calling for yeah, I was I was calling for Target before Everton and stuff. But based on that, I know it wasn't the best game to go off. But I I I fancy Taylor now. Yeah, it's an interesting one because who goes out. And pays eleven and a half million for a left back if that's not going to, going to be your main man. Considering uh, the left back that you've currently got was a, a make weight in a deal, and he's obviously the the future. And there was times, I mean, against Everton, uh, there was you know I think Taylor was uh, was in a beautiful position to cross the ball, and he cocked up his delivery. And that's when I thought, shit, I think Target needs to be uh, in now, even though Taylor's good defensively so far. I mean, we didn't used to say that, uh, if you remember previous podcasts, that uh, Taylor was potentially a liability and we were quite happy when Courtney uh, House came in as a left back because he seemed to be a more solid option. But as I said on the last podcast, if Villa are to hurt better teams in this division, they need that upgrade in their fullbacks of getting forward and, and, and delivering a threat. And Wesley needs other support and assist options it can't just be Yotta you know threading in balls for him he needs some deliveries from the flanks and uh, at the moment uh, what we thought during the summer transfer window was Gilbert and Target were brought in to make us a bit more deadlier down the flanks and uh, you know so we'd actually have more wing back overlapping wing backs yeah it was frustrating against certainly against Bournemouth and little moments against Everton where Taylor would He'd kind of back himself to go forward and kind of try to bomb on a bit. He'd get into a position, you just think, just wrap your foot around the ball and put it in the box. Yeah. And he just, he just doesn't back his ability to, to deliver. So, Max, what do you think about uh, Gilbert? And, and obviously, the main reference is the Everton game. I mean, obviously, he came in here, played left back, and he got to cut in and obviously score. There was, you know, a few people talking that he was bought for the championship. I don't know. Mm, that's that's rubbish. I think he was bought for whatever division we were in. Obviously, we didn't know what division we were in at that stage. I think in January, we still thought we'd pull it around. I think it was in February when we kind of gave up hope of uh, getting promoted. And that's when, obviously, the dramatic 10-game uh, winning streak happened. But uh, he he looks a player from what you know from what I've seen. He's, I think he's better than Fernando Nelson, to be honest. <laughs> he would have been uh, fantastic in the championship based on what I've seen so far. Yeah, um, yeah. But... You know, he, he was really good in the Everton game. If before the game, if if I was a little bit shocked that he came in, I know the the uh, Trezeguet and Al Mohamedi link has been good so far, but I was shocked he came in. But he impressed me massively. I think going forward, he's very good. He's very very fast. We saw for the the first Wesley goal uh, against Everton, yeah. quick thinking, quick pass. But even against Crew, that goal was was really good. Another darting run into the box from a corner, lovely finish. Um, but yeah, even at left back, he looked fairly comfortable. I know it was against Crew, but yeah. he looks he looks really good. And I think he might just have pipped the shirt from El Mohamedi already, based on two pretty good performances. Yeah, I think what you know we we've we've discussed it a few times. You know, moving forward, you need that kind of dynamism coming from the fullback position. And Gilbert, because of his pace, he is that player who can get you up the field quickly. Um, you know, he's going to get a lot of ball just because of the way we play. And normally with Elmo, of course, he'll get it and swing one down the line or. He'll try to get involved. Gilbert, I think, is a bit more of a kind of get his head down and he'll just drive and get you up the field quickly. So potentially in games when we're not going to have as much of the ball and it's going to be sort of more of a counter-attacking style, especially away from home, he could be a real weapon. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, what do you think of uh, Marvellous, Max? Um, Mr. Nakamba. Yeah, he didn't didn't have too much of an impact on the game. I didn't really notice him too much. But then again, is that a good thing for a defensive midfielder he looked um, he looked comfortable I think, though i mean he, he seemed to yeah. uh he didn't care i mean obviously he's not getting pressured too much uh, in that game but uh he looks like somebody you don't really need to worry about when he's got the ball i think he's quite a tidy player 
You see that flick as well? Yeah. Lovely. It's amazing how uh, a nutmeg will explode on Twitter more so than, <laughs> I think it's a younger audience, but uh, more so than a, a worldie or uh, like, you know, solid tackle or something. It's like on-field clickbait and everybody just wants the silky skills rather yeah. than nice 90 minutes of consistency from a defensive midfield. I'd much rather I mean, see him like crunch into someone and win the ball back. But I, I was at the game and I don't remember that even happening. So just a social media thing. <laughs> Just didn't happen, did it? Yeah, I mean, Belassi used to do that 10 times every half hour in a training uh, at Bodymore Heath, but it's quite nice to see Belassi pleased that we beat Everton, though. Oh, that was funny. Was he? I didn't see that, sorry. Yeah, he tweeted after the game something, and then he just got an absolute barrage of abuse from Everton fans. (laughs) What what did (laughs) he say? Does he he still play for Everton? No, he's at Anderlecht. Was he on loan at Anderlecht? He was on loan. I don't know if he's gone on a permanent deal. I think that Everton might have released him now. What did he say? Oh, yeah. It was it was just uh he just like just a single typed. word, wasn't it? It was oof. Yeah. Taking the piss a bit. Right. So crew, uh any anything else that stood out for you before we move on? I think it was good that Davis scored. Lansbury, what do you think of Lansbury, Max? Uh, Lansbury is a tough one because he's he's had his injuries, but is he is, is, has he been on the bench in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. been on the bench for the okay. three games, hasn't he? Smith likes him, doesn't he? Yeah, and he, he got three assists as well against Crew, which is a bit good. Um, especially that one for Grealish at the end. Quick thinking, nice execution on the back heel. But yeah. no, I thought he was good. He got the assist as well for Horahan. He, he's got good movement. Hopefully, he can stay fixed. I think there there is a good player in there, and I think he's a really good player to have uh, as a squad player to come in. Yeah. Maybe when we do have issues in the midfield. But no, I think he was good. He looked bright. And Chris, Conza. I mean, I'd seen him in pre-season and I remember from um, from his, when he was at Brentford, you know, he's he's kind of similar to sort of Courtney Hawes. You know, he's he's, he's kind of um, you know, very tidy on the ball, physically strong. Obviously, you know, he's got his goal on his debut, which I think will give him a load of confidence. I still think Smith kind of knows his partnership, but I do think Conza is probably the first kind of first replacement as it were yeah. I think he's ahead of Hawes and he's clearly ahead of Chester in the yeah. in the pecking order I think it was just an important game to obviously to go through to get a load of guys who were on the fringes a little bit of game time and generally all the guys that came in did a reasonably good job it was a very sort of you know professional yeah. dismantling of a low division team and I think it you know in previous years it's been we've we've rested people you bring these guys in saying you know this is a big opportunity to stake a claim and then all the squad players would play like squad players and not stake a claim at least these guys have actually come in and said you know what there is strength in depth here and we are going to fight for our place in the team and that can only be a good thing moving forward yeah no that that, that was uh, was kind of reassuring for me and there's also this I, I hate questions like uh for example, somebody sent in, uh, I think it was on Instagram, uh, Tomid one by one or one times one. Top 10 or League Cup, what would you rather see? In those questions, I always say both. both? You know, this this mentality that, oh, uh, survival or League Cup, it's like you can do both. I mean, if you, if yep. you, if, if all you're going to do is finish 17th and 6th or 16th, then you better tell me that you've won the League Cup. If it's going to be considered an okay season, I mean to be to be fair, if he wants to re- if if he wanted to rephrase his question and say top ten and no trophy or seventeenth and a trophy, I'll take seventeenth and a trophy. Thank you very much. Yeah, because you don't put we stayed up on your honours board exactly, and you know you, you get to learn about the team in the cup if we start fielding a stronger team as we get deeper and deeper then we you know we can find out mentally how you know how good it is and having you know having remembered it from years before you know obviously a long time ago now but we've had reasonable cup runs in recent years and the remembering what it was like during that 10 game run towards the end of last year and the march towards promotion I think a cup run would really get the fan base even more kind of engaged and excited and everyone seems to be moving forward in the same direction for the first time in a very long time. And also uh, from Dean Smith's point of view, he wants these players, these 10 that played that hadn't played the game before to get games. And uh, it only helps in terms of uh, getting the squad up to speed and also the morale of the team as well. Like if Nakamba's had a few games in the league, cup then he slots in and every fan's a bit more confident he can play you know straight off the bat but also it's good for morale you know they won't start to uh feel like they've been kind of uh blindsided and you know they haven't got a future already after joining i think for smith is a certain amount of trust isn't it? he knows he can trust these guys now in sort of in pressure moments or in games he knows that okay i've got strength in depth and i can use these players that was a, i always got the feeling with certain guys like you know sort of hogan 
Bjarnason. He didn't quite fancy them. Yeah. Right. Before we move on to uh, the general questions, some of them we've kind of filtered in already. Uh, Mings, I think we, we might owe Bournemouth some money. Uh, I'm sure the England cap was probably uh, one of the add-on clauses. I wonder how much it would be. I have no idea because sometimes they do it on number of caps, don't they? Yeah, I wonder Sometimes if, it's if they get a cap and then it's after X number of caps, I think. Yeah, that good point. Could be, a, could be a fact. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, let's get into uh, some of these questions. Uh, we will try to breeze through them. Uh, first one's from the Facebook group, The Mad Few, which uh, obviously you can join. if Decide if I'm going to let you in or not. It's a closed group. We don't just open it up to anybody. And no insider trading either. Yep, no insider trading. You'll understand what that is uh, if you remember already. Anyway, Jonathan Dyer says, will Matt Target end up as a long-term successor at left-back or have Taylor's recent performances done enough to keep him there? Well, I think we've already uh, answered that. Yes to, yes to both, isn't it? Really? Yeah, long-term, I think he is the man. Uh, in the immediate term, I think Taylor's uh, holding court and obviously Target's injured. Injury hasn't really helped his cause there. Tim Gopher says, Taylor has done well so far. We saw Elmo dropped. So do you reckon Target should be given a chance? Well, he's got injured, so not at the moment. And he was given a chance? He was indeed. Uh, somebody uh, just mentioning Elmo, uh, Mark Boot says, Smith's philosophy for keeping players happy is reward them with a new contract, then drop them. Knew as soon as Elmo was extended, he'd be on the bench. It's pretty much what happened to Jed Steer as well, which is obviously what he's referring to. Yeah, that's that's quite a funny one. Like it's like the double edged sword, isn't it? It's like, oh good, I'm gonna get in a pay rise, I'm getting a new contract. Oh fuck, that's the last time I'll play for Villa. Uh Jesh Marshall says, Do you think that Horahan is feeling a bit hard done by left on the bench after pretty good performance at Spurs? Louise looks to be a pretty good player, but I can't help feel sorry for the guy. Max, are you feeling sorry for Horahan? Yeah, a little bit. I know he's got his critics, but I think he's a good player. But I think Louise he's got to play eighty percent of his games, hasn't he, to get his work put or something along those lines. I think Louise Who's saying has that? to play. I've seen it on various other Villa platforms. I can't, I can't see Perslow going for a deal like that. No. Okay. All right then. Well, we'll see. But yeah, I think, yeah, he has been hard done by. And I think Dean Smith said that he's always the first one in his ear when he hasn't been picked on the team sheet. But I think he he does, he has his things to offer a lot. Even on set pieces, we missed him a lot. Even in the Bournemouth game, saw Ghazi taking free kicks yep. and they were awful. Yeah. So we missed that. And I think he's probably one of the best options we've got coming yeah. off the bench. One thing I, I've always liked about Hurahan is even under Bruce, every time he gets dropped, he will always come back in Score. And take his opportunity. Always scores or yeah. makes something happen. Yeah. And you can't argue with that. That's the response that Smith wants from him. That's a really good sort of a um a really good message to send out to the rest of the team. You know, if you if you get dropped, get your opportunity and take it. Who was surprised that he scored two goals against Crew? Nobody. No one. And that is why we like him. But yeah, it's it's uh, we're not with old uh, Nakamba or oh, marvelous. Uh, I think we should just call him marvelous. Uh, now yeah. uh, in the picture, now it's it's going to get tougher for all these guys because I think Horahan might end up being the full guy now because five into three doesn't really go. Nope. And then, obviously, Lansbury's uh, suddenly becomes a bigger question mark just to make the bench. Right, Dale Allen says, Was David O'Leary right? Are the fans fickle? The quick judgment on Wesley after a handful of games would be an example. All fans are a little bit. It's not a Villa thing. I thought the Wesley thing was a bit ridiculous because he showed he's a bit of a bit of a baller in pre-season I mean you could okay we're playing you know lower teams but just the way he took that penalty was just like just gent- gently strolled up this guy backs himself and he's not here to fuck around I mean in his defense in the the opening two games it isn't like we can say oh he's so wasteful in front of goal he didn't actually get a particularly clear-cut yeah. chance the first clear-cut chance he's had which was a superbly crafted goal he's absolutely buried it yeah Against uh, Spurs, I mean, uh, we've mentioned before when we we spoke about that game, he did go down a bit early, but I think that's just an adjustment. I mean, he's got to adjust. I mean, they've obviously said, hey, look, mate, you know, we, uh, you, you're just going to get frowned upon if, if you're doing that kind of fall down as soon as you're touched by a feather routine. And when we saw against, you know, you just look at him, he's built like a truck. And against Everton, he proved that. 
that you just you know just rely on your physical strength to keep them off off you. Let Grealish get the fouls in terms of falling over, and uh, jobs are good. And but I think yeah, if once Yotta got on the ball and there's somebody who can actually uh, find the space for him to run into, then suddenly you've got a different player on your hands. And in terms of the fickle thing, I mean, it's just it's just instant gratification that's needed now. I mean, people were starting to sweat after we'd lost the first two games, and it's like, well, I saw enough in those two games against Bournemouth. If you give away two goals in the first ten minutes, then obviously uh, you're going to be uh, facing an uphill struggle. So you can write that one off. Like if you don't fuck up, then I think we'll be all right. And against Spurs for eighty odd minutes, we were pretty decent. I think we 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 were pretty good value to have sort of five points from the three games, and if we had, I think everybody'd be saying, "Oh, all is good," you know, everything's rosy. Yeah, but you saw enough in those losses, and because you're not going to build this team straight away, we're still easing players in as we speak. The ones that came in, so uh, and it's going to take uh, a good ten or fifteen games until we actually yeah. know what kind of team we got and where we where we sit in the in the pantheon of teams. I think there's everyone's seen enough to be reasonably positive. There's that, you know, there's two types of fans really there's those who know football and understand you know there's when you need patience and those who are just on twitter and playing fifa and just wankers basically david grimmett uh, are we concerned that currently there is no viable option for four four two and potentially the greater goal threat that that offers no <laughs> when when is smith ever played four four two We've got three strikers, so you can play two up front. We can play, we've got X number of midfielders. We've got three wingers and a couple of fullbacks who can play on the wing. We've got more than enough options if we want to play. I think Smith's plan B is actually playing three at the back and wingbacks yeah. over four four two. I think we can play four four two, but I think if you were looking at the best four four two option for that two we had up front, you would probably go with Wesley and Hogan when he was here because you'd think, okay, who? This is a chance. <laughs> No, we're not having a Scott Hogan touch count. That's the next. Uh, that, that's the next episode in the proper episode. Oh, I've been I've been so dominant recently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if if he was ever going to be a success, then I think Wesley was the perfect, you know, the big man, small man routine foil. and perfect foil. And if Hogan was that finisher, that fox in the box, then we would have found out. So I mean, I think Davis and uh, Davis and Wesley could be a real handful, having seen the two lads up front for Bournemouth. They were both pretty big, strong. Yeah. And- you know, very physical. I'd probably just play, I'd play Grealish off a striker, as but that's just my Ooh. view. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Right, Mark Matthews asks, goal kicks, why do we need to keep two players back? Possibly the new rules, he says. It seems to invite the opposition to press forward and doesn't seem to offer any obvious benefit. Is he referring to when Heaton just taps it across to uh, Mings? Yeah, it's because players can come into the penalty box now, isn't it? Yeah. And it just aids being able to play out from the back, which I think we want to do. Yeah, and then uh, if, if the opposition comes to the edge of your box and presses, you'll just say, no, nah, I'm all right, and he'll go long. So I think that's the reasoning behind it. I don't think it's, um, you know, and also, you know, ultimately you need cover there at some point in case if, you know, if he does go long and he miskicks it, yeah. you're in the shit. Smith did alu- did mention uh, that he basically told him to go a bit longer against Everton. Which, I think it worked. Which was quite interesting. Because I think we've got the tools, because we've obviously got, you know, Wesley Flick on, and then we've got people bombing down over flank. Well, you've got people like McGeehan and Grealish, even Hurahan, who want to play off a striker. It yeah. kind of suits us, even if it's just playing into feet. So you should definitely keep it in the toolbox going forward, I would say. Yeah. Nick Price asks, who has been your best performer, stroke, biggest disappointment so far, and why? Chris? Uh, Best performer... Probably Mings or McGinn. I'm going to let them share that one. And the biggest disappointment... You can only have one. There's no cop-out on this podcast. Mings. Biggest disappointment... I wouldn't say there's been a big disappointment. I think Grealish has been less at the level that we expected, but I wouldn't say it's been a disappointment. I haven't really been disappointed. So Grealish. Okay, uh, (laughs) I could edit it. Just say, uh, disappointment, Grealish. Yeah, just do that. (laughs) Mr. Stokes, best performer. Uh, Best performer... I I I want to give it to Bjorn Engels yeah. and then oh great biggest... you're on Dan Rogers' side of the of the Mings Engels debate then I'm oh, a fan that fist pump against Calvert Lewin <laughs> when he with Beautiful. his block yeah biggest disappointment we, we have a th- we have a thing with the uh, Scandinavian centre backs as well he's in good company he's Belgium <laughs> is he Belgium yeah what, what's that got to yeah, he's called Bjorn whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever because his name's Bjorn sorry yeah, uh, sorry uh, Max you were interrupted there by somebody who doesn't know his geography. <laughs> 
Um, biggest disappointment. Again, I don't really think there's any obvious candidate, but I'm going to say El Ghazi because he's offside all the time. Oh, I'm going to go Mings uh, just to keep faith with the Mings versus Engels debate that seems to be developing on this uh, podcast. Biggest disappointment. Uh, this is the thing they've they've done pretty. I'd say Grealish just from the point that has he has he you know, has he sort of reach the expectation yeah he's, not. he's still not there let's put it that way he has has he lived up to the hype no no he had a couple of shots didn't he in the in the first three games where you think oh oh, oh anyway and i don't yeah. i don't want him to be that guy i want him to be when he has that chance you think here we go he looked more like himself to be fair against crew yeah it's more his level <sighs> yes uh moving on <laughs> Uh, switching to Instagram, uh, Shaneface23. Where's Kalinic gone? Is his, He's got two questions. That's his first one. Max, did you see uh, Kalinic against Crew anywhere? Because obviously Nyland was on the bench. No, the ones I saw were Steer and some young blonde kid. I don't know who he was. Ah, the warm-up goalie. Mm. Yeah, that's the one. Previously no Pereira. <laughs> oh, When's the deadline? Is it the end of... Is it 31st, isn't it, for Europe? It's meant to be off to Italy, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, is that true? Well, I don't know, but he's the one that's potentially got the m- most cachet in terms of if somebody yeah. would take yeah, him. Yeah, I think, I think he'll be gone. If they can get rid, they'll get rid. Yeah. Uh, then he also asks, and you can answer this in one word, uh, Gilbert or Elmo? Mr. Gilbert. That's two words. Mr. Gilbert. That's two words. Right. Oh. Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> O'Sullivan for our older listeners. Right. Uh, strange name. P-R-N-V-O-L-K. Pernvok. Being, oh, this is just a statement, basically. Being founded by the members of the Wesleyan Chapel is fitting that our record signing is Wesley. Very true. And uh, yeah, don't get me started on the Wesleyan Chapel, which used to be uh, in Hansworth, and they bulldozed the original, uh, I think this is the early 2000s, bulldozed the original uh, church, and now it's like one of those new build things, and there's a plaque, you know, this is where Villa started, which is a shame, and uh, yeah, as I said, don't get me into that. Uh, Mr. Linternet says... Thoughts on the Leeds United documentary? This is, I think, on Amazon Prime, which I haven't actually watched yet. Anybody watch that? Yep. I've seen the Banford clip. Have you seen it all? I've watched all of it. All right. I have. He said, personally love the ending. Uh, don't give anything away, Max Stokes. No spoilers. Okay. Belsa is, funny. is a lunatic, he says. So does he explode at the end? Um, Not that, well, well, the Derby game in the playoffs is, is not one to be missed. Bielsa is not happy. When they released that, uh, I needed to buy a few things on Amazon. So I thought, right, let's get a Prime membership for a month. And of course, I mean, I, obviously I didn't know this was coming out until later. But uh, my membership expired the day before the bloody Leeds documentaries came out. But was it was the post Villa stuff good? Is that worth a watch as well? Yeah, because Banford's just an idiot. I've seen, yeah, I've seen the uh, like the trailer of that or the clip that somebody put up on Twitter about him talking about yeah, uh, attempted murder idiot. and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the da- the Derby one in the playoffs is so funny. Are you surprised by some of the things that end up in the documentary? Um, did you think you got a good behind the curtain look? Yeah, yeah, I did. It was. It, it is worth a watch. Right. You heard it there. You should put that on the back if they release it on DVD. Worth a watch. <laughs> it's worth a watch. Two thumbs up, Max Stokes. <laughs> That'll get the viewers in. Villa on tour. There you go. Yo Nason asks, so this competition for places thing is quite refreshing to see, isn't it? Yes. 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 Three S's. <laughs> Alex Batomo, <laughs> eight to eight. Most important player. McGinn. Ooh. Mings. Yeah, I'm saying Mings at the moment. I think moving f- moving forward, I'd say Wesley's going to have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. But I think at the moment when we're establishing our credentials, uh, just Mings, I mean, just the fact that he's in the England squad kind of tells you uh, the story of what he's done. He's, he's almost like he's just walked up and slammed the Villa flag into the middle of the, you know, the Premier League and says, we're here. Mia Colvin X, or Mia Calvin Kiss or whatever, says, fave player at the moment. This is favourite player, doesn't have to be the best. Personal favourite. I'd go Mings again. Big Tyrone. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll go Mings as well. Although it's hard. M- McGinn's another man. I like McGinn. I like yeah. the way he plays. He's that player, I think, that every Premier League team is looking at him going, oh, I'd fancy him in our team. He's adapted well. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd say at the moment I'm, I'll, I'll go McGinn, actually, because uh, I just I would pay money just to watch him play just because I, f- I find him so entertaining, just just his style and his tenacity. And uh, he's he's just he's like Joe Pesci, isn't he? He's just, he's just in your face all the time. I just like his nasty, his nasty yeah, strength. Yeah, no, exactly. Brilliant. Yeah, it's that Joe Pesci nastiness, but in a good way. Craig James Francis says, 
Do you see Villa losing? Oh, excuse me. Do you? Oh, I can't take this question. Do you see Villa losing their best players if they don't progress in the league? I'll rephrase that as a new question. Go on then. Do I see any club outside the top two losing their players if they don't progress in the league? Yes. Everyone is. Everyone's a selling club other than Man City. It's basic maths, isn't it? Yeah. Right. These uh, these questions from Facebook they're a bit more. They're a bit like fan consultation group stuff. I mean, uh, I think they come through because obviously uh, being in the fan consultation group, uh, obviously we talk about this stuff quite a lot. So Marcus Harrison asks. That's quite a good point, this. Due to uh, Kappa sizing, my 14-year-old son has had to have a medium men's size shirt with the sponsor on. He's happy, but is this a ploy to get the under-18s wearing the betting firm sponsor? Have you got a new shirt, Max? I do. I've also got the uh, the medium men's, and it fits me quite well. What would you normally go for? A medium. All right, because uh, you're a sl- th- This is definitely, definitely tighter. Right, okay. But I'm a slim guy, so... Eats healthy as well. He's, he's a good example to all young villains out there. Check out Villa on Tour for more... Vegan recipes. Yeah. Ways to live your life more healthier and keep that slim figure. Uh, but do you, are you normally a medium medium for any other kit makers? Is it is it a normal uh, shirt? It's not one of those elite things. Yeah, it's a normal shirt, but it's definitely tighter. But I'm always medium, to be fair. A lot of people have had problems with it. Yeah. Every time I say I suggest going to size up, people say two or three sizes. But, you know, it's, it's an individual thing. There is a, uh, a a Kappa shirt sizing, you know, regulation. And they are like a size smaller. But to be fair, all Luke stuff's uh, a size small as well. Pretty much. Every, everything fits me. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. It's the perfect model. Uh, Nike, Adidas, if you need a man, here he is. Let's get him promoted <laughs> away from this Luke nonsense. <laughs> uh, Mark Matthews asks, will the Doug Ellis upper ever see chips? They don't have chips? I don't know. I went up there once last season, first time ever. and That's a shocker. Yeah, I didn't eat. I know Spurs had a campaign, like their Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust had a campaign so you could buy chips on their own because before you couldn't, it had to be with a sausage or a pie or whatever. So that was kind of a little, it was a small victory for them, which they kind of laughed about because they couldn't believe you, you couldn't buy chips on their own. Anyway, yeah, Mark, I have no idea. I mean, will it ever see lights because that concourse is like the hammer horrors it the whole thing needs knocking down to be honest and that's what the away fans say because obviously they uh, have to share that uh, concourse as well because it's uh, the upper tier and for the away fans is dry isn't it they don't serve alcohol yeah. there. uh david grimmett says why is there no wireless solution yet at the very least can we find somewhere of getting a decent signal in the stadium watch the game mate watch the game this is something they're trying to find uh, and they keep talking about they've had meetings with, you know, O2 and Vodafone. But it's very, very expensive, isn't it? As well? Yes. It, I mean, just logistically, it's not easy. You've got like 40 odd thousand people all, you know, trying to use their phone. It's it's not the easiest thing to pull off. Paul Sargent says, can we please discuss the Balti Pie situation? I'm 100% certain they have changed supplier, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm starting to get bored of uh, questions about pies in my life in general. No disrespect. Uh, they they used to have uh, pucker, then they turned turned to like real, you know, pies with real chicken and stuff. And fans complained about that, so I think they went back to pucker. And uh, I think they're attempting to bring in new options, as we saw in the the first home game. So uh, we'll see how that rolls out. If people are receptive to that, then hopefully the uh, the culinary delights will uh, will increase. Uh, I quite like the last sentence of the question, though. I cut out. Well, I'll read the whole question. Uh, Can you please discuss the Balti Pie situation? I'm 100% certain they have changed the supplier for the great snack, but I seem to be the only one who has noticed the difference. (laughs) The only one. You connoisseur, you. (laughs) You connoisseur, Paul, you. They're just not the same. Can't fool me with a fancy seed finish garnish on top of the pastry. Bastards. First world problems now in the Premier First League. First time I had a Balti pie, I took a bite out of it and the rest of it slipped out off the tray onto the floor. So I've been... No, you've got to have a certain way of eating it. You've got to take the lid off, eat that, and then scoop out the inside and then kind of fold it up. Yeah. The first you've time got... I ever had one was the first day of the season years ago. It was like under O'Leary and I was fucking violently ill that evening. <laughs> it had clearly been in that kitchen since yeah. the season before oh. once you once you switch to the villa dog you never look back they serve proper no, curry now anyway don't they 
apparently. Yeah, but once you switch to the Villa dog, there's there's no need for anything else. You just eat Villa dogs. Nope. It's as simple as that. Which leads me to Dale Allen's uh, question. Will the Villa dog go foot long to reflect the expansion Ooh. at the club or would it be considered as a possible weapon which would endanger the playing staff? I mean, that is a fantastic protest asking to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Christ. The game was stopped today because a load of foot long hot dogs were launched on the field. But, you know, instead of like waving scarves behind the goal, which... Uh, sometimes gets frowned upon. You could a, f- a floppy you sausage. You could have like yeah, eight, eighteen thousand people waving villa dogs. That'd be quite unique. <laughs> kind of like hanging out. At, it's like the German market. Yeah, a nice porky aroma wafting through uh, Villa Park. I've never had a villa dog. That, for the record, I would never touch one. But we love the name. It's. Uh, I think that's a question for Rogers. Yeah, Rogers uh, is officially sponsored by uh, Villa Dog, and I think he's shooting commercials tonight for it. So that's why he couldn't be on the show tonight. We look forward to them. Omar Terek says Manchester City recently poaching Villa academic prospect Kane Taylor, offering a highly tempting package, including first-class education. How far behind the big six is our academy and is the ambition there from the club to compete at the same level? It's a difficult question, that, because it depends how you say behind you. Do we have good facilities? Yes, and apparently they're building some more. But in terms of, is it? Or is, there's, there's no point in having amazing personnel like Man City have if they don't break into the first team. That is the kind of the metric that you judge it on. And Man City's sort of graduation, if you want to call it. that, is, is just shit as all the big clubs in Britain have. Manchester City, uh, it's it's almost like a bit of a monopoly because they'll buy the best players anyway for the positions. And then they stockpile a certain amount of good prospects, as uh, Omar's just said. And it's almost to deprive other clubs from actually developing them themselves and you know them turning into good players for themselves because the chances of them getting into a Manchester City team, I mean, unless this is a model they're looking at uh, so they don't have to spend like hundreds of millions on players in terms of transfer fees. But the first thing Wes Edens and uh, Suarez did when they came in, and, and this is before, I mean, they came in and I met them via the fan consultation group in like the first week they touched down and they told us on that day that they'd injected a sizable amount into the academy. And I think half of that was because it was in danger of losing its, is it grade A or grade one? I think it's grade A status because it was always highly regarded, but then it was like slipping in terms of standards. So definitely the Villa owners, it's a key concern for them. Obviously, you've got this uh, HS2 situation where... Well, now we don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's being reviewed, but it's obviously the builders are in at uh, Body Morse. Hopefully, whatever happens there, because we've got some compensation, it will help us develop Body Morse. So it's actually, you know, even better. But it's, a, you know, it's these things take time. It's not suddenly great next season. It's it's a five, ten year project, isn't it? Anyway, Marcus Harrison. It seems the food outlets are gradually turning to card only payments. What are the under sixteens meant to pay with? The Bank of Dad Spurs. Uh, stadium is completely cashless so you know the grand sp- the grand plan is to obviously get everybody being a member so they've all got a plastic card so the club can read all their data and find out ex- like facebook have done uh, all these years find out exactly what your habits are and what your spend is and what you're likely to do and obviously load it up with cash so you can actually spend it so that is obviously one way kids can do it their parents can load up their club cards or cup sorry cup cards and uh you use them that way or just use old pester power <laughs> but yeah no it's, it's a valid point in terms of you know the uh, logistics and usability but when you look at when spurs is the latest stadium in the, the uk and they're cashless then obviously that's how they you know everybody's going to go forward even sheffield united have done it haven't they they've gone cashless yeah and it's and it, uh, half of it obviously is saving money but it's data so everybody everything's electronic so the club knows your data and your habits it also speeds up your cues and stuff as well well in theory in theory problem is uh and i think there was a question about this but it seems to have disappeared about the queuing and the speed of the queuing and that's always a problem and that's something that's always on the agenda at fan consultation group meetings and you but you still notice it that sometimes staff just look uninterested and it's not as if they are working like an eight hour shift on the day if you know what i mean it's it's basically you got a spurt before the game and in the middle of the game so there's no excuse that you, you shouldn't be on it and the main objection is to get numbers through and get, you know get get as many pints there and do it in the fastest way possible but yeah it just always seemed to be a bit of a casual approach 
Matty Mann says, why is our ticket office such a shambles? I can't speak from experience because I've never had a problem online or anything. I don't, I don't understand when people are flaring up on Twitter crying about. Max, do you have problems getting tickets? Nope. I only stick to doing it online because that's what I find easiest. I don't know why people call up if it's just there on your laptop or phone, whatever. I cry when I have to call up because you just know it's gonna, you're going to be at least 20 minutes in the queue. Yeah, I can't be bothered. I'm always there on the dot. Get my tickets. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've never had a problem with online. And the biggest uh, story is Villa's internet is shit. Their website's shit. It always breaks down, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if if you're telling me that uh, semi-final tickets are going to be available FA Cup tomorrow, 5 p.m., but you know you're in a bracket where you're going to get one, I'm not going to be logging on at 5 p.m. because that's where there's going to be a big surge it's going to be a big queue and the, the website might go down. You know, I'll, I'll stagger it off a bit, like maybe go for half five. It's just, I don't know, it's just common sense, isn't it? When you're in a bracket and you're definitely going to get a ticket, there's people they want to be first, want to be first, want to be first. And that's when they encounter problems with the website. Anyway, and the final question, Les White says, can we make Percy Cute a patron? People who are, uh, listen to the show will understand uh, what he's referring to there. Do you get it, Chris? Was this the last podcast that I haven't listened to? No. No. You know, it's the made-up names. Ah. Persecute. Ah, I like mean, normally it. they're filthy. Like it. Normally they're filthy and <laughs> disgusting. They are filthy, to be this fair. Is, this is a bit more uh, innocent, but uh, still it's a good good stab. Basically, for, for those who don't know uh, about this, you sh- we will be getting creative. You should go to myomansaid.com stroke patron and sign up uh, as a patron using your name, and then it will be in a list of names that get a shout-out that include some made-up names that uh, obviously read. A bit like when Bart Simpson reads uh, Moe's Tavern. Right, that's it for the uh, My Old Man Said Mad Few session, which we do every month just to tie up any loose ends, just to see if there's any concerns out there. At the moment, the good ship villa is uh, sailing rather buoyantly at the moment we're through into the cup third round where we're away to brighton which uh, i think i might head down to that one it's always a uh september as well so there's a there's a chance of sun oh max you. will be there in his, his shorts i'll be there jamie uh will get thrown probably out his last game before he gets arrested and locked away for for the season <laughs> i don't condone what he did yeah it was unfortunate that he because <laughs> in obviously if you're there it's it's in the context aren't it because he was was he being wound up and he was just giving it a bit back just for a laugh i i don't know <laughs> i don't know what he was something along those lines it's just ruining your good name amongst the yeah. villaverse but anyway <laughs> uh, please do go to uh, villa on tour on youtube and check the last video out to uh, see how max needs to have a rethink about who he considers his friends if they are going to publicly embarrass him and on national tv as well to boot and on arabic tv croatian tv turkish tv as north african north african tv as well i mean to be fair the commentator was quite amused by it yeah until he stuck his fingers up right crystal palace max will be there so uh follow him on villa on tour so you can check out what happens there also follow uh my old man said on spotify itunes all the other good podcast apps that you listen to the show on become a patron live forever and until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye my old man said welcome to the my old man said podcast i'm david michael the editor of my old man said.com and who the oh, fuck dear. is that is that me who is it it's not me. Fucking Chris Budd sending me messages. <laughs> Why have you I got your ringtone on? Everyone knows you I'm, keep your ringtone on silent when you're recording, David. No, because all my real friends, I send them individual messages saying, don't trouble me for the next hour and a half. Right, where is it? Fucking mute that, Bud. Eight hours muting. Wicked. Which <laughs> means I don't get woken up in the morning. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.